Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is brought to you by Hunt Hickory Creek. And new to Hunt Hickory Creek this year is their Central Kansas Lodge. They're going to be running hunters from the end of October all the way through January. And their main hunting area is located between Kavira National Refuge and Cheyenne Bottoms. Central Kansas is a special place for waterfowl hunting, and during the peak migration, those refuges hold hundreds of thousands, if not close to millions of ducks and geese at a time, mainly speckle belly, snow, and lesser Canada geese, mallards, pintails, and widgeon. You may have an opportunity to harvest all of these species in one hunt. You'll be very comfortable every morning in their Avian X A-frame blinds or laying on backboards, and they hunt over 1,200 of the industry's finest decoys. So visit their website at www. HuntHickoryCreek.com for booking information and follow them throughout the year on Facebook and Instagram. And don't miss your opportunity at a hunt of a lifetime with Hunt Hickory Creek. If you're going to hunt Kansas, hunt Hickory Creek. Welcome to the Foul Front Outdoors Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit and educate new hunters while entertaining the rest of you. Without new hunters and the mentorship of those more seasoned, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So get the word out, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because you're on the foul front. This episode is also brought to you by Grip Pack Calls. If you want to produce a more versatile, realistic, and higher quality sound with all the ease of a double read, whether you're looking to up your game or just starting out, let a Grip Pack call work just as hard for you as the Grip Pack crew did to develop and bring you next level quality with easy blowing calls. 
Grit Pack Calls. Find your grit. This episode is also supported by Goose Ninja Call Lanyards, MDR Custom Woodworks, Twisted Wire Upland Hunts out of Grand Island, Nebraska, and from our friends over at High Prairie Sportsman over on YouTube. All right, welcome to the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, episode number 17. This week we are going to be talking all about uh, two-dimensional decoys, silhouettes, and socks. You know, the, the thought process behind this episode was that I'm building a bigger goose spread this year because I live in Kansas now, and that's the thing to do. Um, well, I really didn't have the funds to go buy a trailer uh, full of, you know, 3D uh, full-body goose decoys. So, going to look into the two-dimensional spread, and I, oh, I just wanted to know how to use them and, so, um, and whether or not they were really worth it. And so I called up uh, Asher over at Dive Bomb Industries to have a little chat with him. And thought maybe you guys would also uh, be interested. So, Asher, you want to go ahead and give us a little introduction? Yeah, so, um, like you said, my name is Asher Tolliver. I am the vice president of Dive Bomb Industries. Um, I handle everything from uh, customer service to customer relationships to video editing, Um Basically, whatever whatever uh, Cody needs from me, I, uh, I I do what I can, the best I can, and just kind of uh, kind of everything dive bomb. Uh, so, how did you get into hunting? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I was probably about four or five, and my brother came home from school, and my my dad hunted quite a bit growing up, and. Um, you know, we got three kids, it slowed down and we were still young and my brother, a kid from school had asked him to go duck hunting. He wanted to take him to some minnow ponds and shoot some divers. It's a place called Anderson minnow ponds. They used to let you go out there and they'd drive around and scare them up. You'd sit on levees and it really, it was like dove hunting almost. I mean, it's just a great place to take kids. And my brother come home from school and, you know, he was, he was 11 at the time. I was about four maybe five he was 12 and my dad was like well I'll, you know I'll, I'll go with you guys and so of course being little brother I'm like well I, I'm going you know I'm going I've got to go you know and, yeah um so of course he couldn't couldn't leave me out I'm the, I'm the baby of the group so I kind of got what I wanted so uh man we went out there and sat on those levees um they'd drive around they'd shoot fireworks and at them and you know and everything it's it's actually they got legal permits to do this stuff because they're operating a fish farm and just eating a ton of their you know a ton their of their product you know yeah. a ton of money and profits so man we sat out there on the levees not a decoy and just sticking out like a sore thumb with a single shot 20 gauge and ruddy ducks and and a scop and ring neck and you know just mergansers flying over and man we just shoot and shoot and shoot you run through boxes boxes shells not hardly hitting anything at that age and man that was about all it took so from then on out it was you know if i was on thanksgiving break or it was a weekend you know dad we, we've got to go and then it just progressed from the mental ponds to a little bit more serious to kind of what what i am now you know hunting in public land all over arkansas and, and flooded timber and running around with dive bomb and just a 
that's where the whole passion started though sitting on levees in Lone Oak Arkansas shooting divers that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, first hunt story you know you don't hear that a lot so um, so let's get into a little bit about uh, dive bomb industries um, you know how to start what is it well, what do you guys you know what do you guys got going on so um, Cody started dive bomb industries in in 2011 um, as we all know, you know, for, for young, young people and most all of us, you know, building a competitive decoy spread is incredibly difficult on a budget because decoys are expensive and to get a lot of them, it's, it's very, very expensive, especially the quality of decoys that are out there today. And the whole goal was, I'm going to try to make something, you know, that hunters can use and kill birds over, you know, as quality as I possibly can, but something that people can afford without having to take out a loan. You know, I mean, I remember going in with my spreads with five, six guys, you know, trying to be able to afford it. So that was kind of the whole uh, mission um, starting up with, with Cody, with Dive Bomb. And it started, you know, from the ground floor and he designed a, a silhouette and, um, you know, basically it was like, this is, this is what I want to do. And he made some and, and, um, you know, it, it got better and better from there and it's kind of grown, uh, into what it is now, uh, just yeah. coming out with new products and getting better all the time. What, when did you guys start out? It was in 2011. 2011? Cody started Dive Bomb in 2011. Um, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't a part of Dive Bomb then. I've, I've been doing some things off and on with with cody for about three years um through social media and and i've been you know like in an active role um with dive bomb for um probably about about eight months now um and so you guys are based out of st louis correct that's that's right yeah st louis Nice, nice. And you want to just kind of little paint a picture for uh, the listeners, you know, what are you guys working out of? Like, you know, what's it like over at headquarters? Um, so it's a, it's, it's a warehouse kind of in the industrial part of uh, St. Louis. And, and um, you know, we house everything there and, uh, you know, product development and stuff, you know, design and everything in-house and um, warehouse everything there and, and ship out of there. Um, we do everything, um, you know, right there in, in St. Louis, we sell direct online. So, you know, in order to keep our prices down, we cut out the middleman and we sell direct to our consumers. And, um, you know, we found that, you know, if you start selling to these bigger box stores, well, they've got to make money. So they've got to mark them up and, you know, so we can no longer sell them at a price point that we want because you can't undercut your retailers. So um, that was kind of kind of going back to his whole mission. It was like, hey, yeah, we could have a ton of product at stores out there if we wanted to get get called every week, every day about people wanting to carry our product. But ultimately, that would result in higher prices, and that just kind of goes against uh, what we're about. We're trying to keep prices as low as we can, so that's why we. You know, we do everything on our own, do our own website and, and sell direct to our consumers and ship everything right there out of St. Louis. Yeah, you know, the reason I called you is because uh, I just moved up here to Kansas and, you know, we got talking about spreads. And 
I can't be running. I don't have the space for a whole 3D, uh, um, oh, you know, spread. And, and I don't have the space for it. And I don't have a trailer and just ain't right. And so we, we started, you know, talking about going 2D and said, I'm going to call, call these guys. And as soon as, as soon as I heard, you know, when you started telling me that story, uh, I was like, oh man, we got to, we got to have you guys on because you fit right in line with kind of our philosophies, um, that we have. Uh, you know, the first thing we look for is quality. The second thing uh, we look for is, is like, do you really need this? And then the third thing is obviously the, the price point. And those are the things that we try to endorse to our listeners because, yeah, they're, you know, the people that are, you know, I'm sure there's people in here that, you know, they can spend the money on, um, you know, 14, 15 dozen, you know, AVNX full bodies or things like that. And um, But uh, most of us were just the, the younger guys or the new guys and uh, looking to looking to grow and you know we we have monetary and financial um requirements other than hunting so right and <laughs> and we, we i'm a do-it-yourselfer man cody's a do-it-yourselfer um and we did this for people that can you know that can build a competitive spread but our product has gotten so good and our customer service is so good that we don't just have do-it-yourselfers anymore. I mean, we've got some of the best outfitters and God services anywhere and all of North America run and dive bomb decoys. You know, all you have to do is look on social media at the people that are running, running our spreads and you'll see like, okay, this is the real deal. This ain't just like, let's save some money and try to kill some birds over these things. This is the best in the industry that are doing it, that are charging, you know, hefty, hefty dollars to have people come in for three, four, five days that are hunting exclusively over our spreads. So we're very, very confident in our decoys and we, we think they're great for, for the do it yourselfers. And because that's, that's how we started. But if anybody's got any hesitation, they say, ah, these are just for people trying to save money. It's like, yeah, right. You just go yeah. look around and see who's running these things. Like very, very well respected individuals that in the industry that'll sit there and tell you, Hey, not only do these guys got the best price, but this product's the real deal. Like I yeah. try to tell everybody, they ask me, I'm like, dude, the hype is real. Like you can say what you want, but we can prove it time and time again with, with We've got evidence to show that, you know, I, the big joke I made the other day, I posted a picture and I said, oh, it's, you know, it sucks. You can't, you know, you can't land birds in 2D decoys. And it's this big bunch of birds just sitting around the decoys and standing there, you know, with this big yeah. old group of a thousand lessers, you know, coming in. And, um, but it's, they're the real deal, man. Um, it, it, it's fun to be a part of and, and see it grow to, you know, to what it's becoming. Yeah, anytime you have, you know, uh, best in the quality market uh, metric overlapping with, you know, best price in the market, you got to start listening up, you know. <laughs> so That's what I try to tell people, man. I still I still we still got our doubters, but I just say they they keep sleeping on us and uh and um doing all that extra work and and taking up all that extra space and we'll just keep doing what we do (laughs) yeah right well hey should we go over like a little bit of what you guys offer uh, as far as you know the products line up over you sure all right so i guess first and foremost i guess we should talk about probably talk about canada's right 
yeah, that's our, that's where it all started. That's our, that's kind of our thing, um, where most people find out. Yeah. So, okay. I, I noticed that in here, you got the, the V2s and we got the V2 sleepers. Um, and then also you can get that, they, they can also come in flocks. That's right. Okay. So the V2, as I understand it, that's the, that's the true 2D, like, silhouette that we think of that's right so that the v2 that's our standard um you know our our, kind of our flagship model um we make that v2 in a sleeper as well like you said um those are 70 dollars a dozen we also sell them at discounted rates at five dozen Mm -hmm. and we also make the v2 in a um, a flock so it's a v2f and we make a v2f sleeper Uh, i mean all these all these decoys they're printed um you know, one, one, the decoys are, they're thick and they're, they're tough as nails, but the images, they're applied with a paint. They're not made to scratch, you know, they're peel, chip, um, fade, whatever it may be. Um, we, we use, uh, these like high textured non-glare additives, um, for our images and, um, it is, it, it's top notch. Um, you know, our flocking, it's very deep and dark, you know, people, Often they, you know, the biggest uh, enemy of waterfowl hunters is, is shine and glare. Mm-hmm. And we've taken so many steps to make sure that um, that absolutely is not an issue with our, as, as we see and as waterfowl see is not only, you know, our vision, which I, I can get into later, but the, the way we perceive colors uh, is very different. The way that they're able to um, perceive um the the uh, ultraviolet light is, right. is much different than us. We're not able to to, to do that the way our are made. So that's a priority with our decoys. Um, all of our um, silhouettes, with the exceptions of our cranes, they're six pounds, so they're very light. A dozen. Okay. Um, our so you are, say six pounds a dozen? That's right. Yeah, okay. six pounds a dozen. Um, in the pretty much all of them, all of our silhouettes uh socks give or take they're six pounds and then the you know the cranes are 12 pounds they uh are silhouettes they come with 20 inch stakes these stakes are they're spring steel they're very very rigid very tough stakes um you know you know i'm hunting late season and um you know the upper midwest and how, how do these go on the ground i'll tell you i'll put these stakes up against anybody on the market but with that said there are times late season when you cannot penetrate the ground with an ice pick and a hammer it it just doesn't matter so i'm not going to sit here and say you get to you know late january you're just going to be able to push these things in the ground you know that's because that's just not realistic um there, there's nobody that can't you can't push an ice pick in the ground it's just it's not can't do it so but i will say our stakes they can be driven into the ground if this if you know if it they're made to be driven at the handle you know, if you got a rubber mallet and the ground is, is tough, can drive them in the ground. They're not going to warp. They're not going to bend. Um, they're powder-coated finish. They're not going to shine. Uh, they're very, very strong. Um, and, you know, you know, it is what it is when, when you're dealing with four, you know, four foot of, you know, frozen soil, you know. But, uh, um, but yeah. other than yeah. – Yeah, you're not doing much with that, so – proud of our 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 decoys in our in our stake system they're very very tough okay so uh yeah let's move into some of your your other uh your other products got snow geese and specs as i understand it mm-hmm. and um i saw that you have mallards as well right 
Correct. Yeah. Okay. So um, I said that all the silhouettes were six pounds. The mallards, obviously, they're a little bit smaller. They're about four pounds. Um, and uh, and they're awesome, man. We uh, we hunted these mallards up in uh, Saskatchewan last year. Just set out nothing but a an M1 mallard spread, and it was really cool. We got some really really good pictures over them, but our mallards our silhouettes like our their silhouettes like the canadas and the specs they have a 20 inch stake and they're you know they're two prong it's the same uh spring steel um the uh, images you know they're they're the same quality the same process that we make on our mallards as we do on our on our canadas our specs all of our silhouettes uh, we use that same you know high dots branch printing um and now are those pictures you know, just, of actual birds that you're like printing on there yeah so we we take you know, photos of, of different poses of, of live birds that we've got. And, and we, we try to make those just almost, you know, just exact as we possibly can, you know, because, um, with, with, you know, the most, you know, vivid colors and colors that'll, um, you know, work in our favor and, um, you know, but also hold up to the element. Okay. Uh, now, moving past just the, the silos, you guys also carry socks too, right? Correct. You want to talk a little bit about, I think you've got two different versions of your snow sock. Uh, so we carry a, um, we actually carry three versions. We carry um, our um, our S3 snows. Um, we carry those in a blue and we carry those in a juvie as well. So, okay. um, we sell those by the dozen, the five dozen and the 10 dozen, um, at discounted prices. And also our sock, we make a speckle belly sock and, uh, and a Canada sock as well. Um, so, uh, we've, we've got several different socks and we got a few more coming that, you know, can't talk about too much just yet, but I think people are going to be, be really, really excited about them. But our socks, they, you know. They, they've all got the same backbone, the same, uh, you know, as far as like the mechanics of them, the socks, they all have the same like zero memory spring open mouth, the snap locking backbone system, you know, collapsible for uh, easy transportation. They're hundred percent assembled, you know, out of the box. So that's just the basic mechanics of all our socks. So, um, they're all very, very efficient, very user friendly. Right. You know, I think the biggest thing with like when I've set out socks before, it's, you know, okay, you got to pull the head and the stake out of them, and then, you know, you got to set it. It takes, you know, a while to set up, but uh, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, how does the snow, rain, frost, cloud cover, uh, you know, how does it affect these these decoys, um, specifically the, you know, the silhouettes? They don't, they don't have any effect on them to tell people, like, hey, if you go out and hunt and you get a lot of moisture on your decoys, um, and you're not going out the next day, you know, if you're planning on not going out for another couple of weeks, just be smart, you know, treat them, you know, treat them good. Like let them dry out, stick them in a bag when they've got a bunch of moisture on them. Um, but as far as the elements, like while you're hunting, they, uh, don't, don't won't hurt them in the least bit. Uh, they're very easy to clean, you know, if you get mud on them or like that, but you just, you just spray them off with a hose. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can get a light little scrubbing brush and clean okay. them. Um, but, uh, yeah, the biggest thing I like, you know, as far as hunting in the moisture, no problems. But go back out the next day or next couple of days, it'll be fine. Don't throw them in the bag. Man, you get them soaking wet, you know, like our shotgun. You go out there and hunt rain. We don't just case our gun and get ready to pull it out whenever the time comes to, 
to hunt again you know we we let it dry out or we clean it oil it do whatever we need to do so you know you take care of these decoys they'll take care of you it just depends on how long you want your stuff to last just like anything in life just take care of your stuff and it'll you know and they'll they'll be good to you they'll last you a long time so i think this is a good transition point like you know people get a little hesitant with switching over from the 3d to the to the 2d and i mean i was literally in the same boat you know two weeks ago um because i just like i think to myself oh i want the most realistic uh, thing, but sure. that's like you, we were talking about earlier. It's you know perception is reality, and and birds perceive these colors and these shapes, things much differently than we do. And I think a lot of times we pick out hunting products, especially decoys, based on our eyes and and what looks good to us. Yeah, it's funny if you've got a trailer full full of full bodies and you got your bags of silhouettes. Uh, ten times out of ten, guys that don't hunt very much, they're getting the same bodies every single time. <laughs> you know, every yeah. time, no questions asked, because. That's what looks good to us. We say, hey, man, that, that's a full body 3D object. They see those things, man. They're going to think those are, that's the real deal. You know, and they, they're like, oh, those flat things, you know, they're going to see that, you know, okay. All right. So let's just talk about this for a minute. The way that waterfowl see, they have, their eyes are set on the sides of their head. So they are, they're very, their peripheral vision is very, very, very good. As, you know, humans, predator animals, we have binocular vision. Our eyes are set on the front of our head. We are able to perceive depth. That's what we're able to do. We can't see somebody sneaking up behind us, but if we're going to attack something, you know, if uh, a leopard's going to attack a whatever it may be, it's got to be able to judge its striking distance, its depth. Just like, you know, like a, an eagle. I mean, that's why right. an eagle, they're going down to catch fish. If their eyes were set on the side of their head and they're trying to judge how to scoop up a trout <laughs> they're gonna have some problems they aren't able to perceive depth the way that we're able to perceive depth so a 3d while a 3d object looks nice to us birds are not able as they approach the spread they're not able to understand oh those are flat all they see is as they work the spread they're constantly losing decoys and picking up new ones losing them and picking up new ones and to them it gives the you know it gives the illusion of movement when there's no movement actually happening. You know, 3D decoys, I think that they're great. You know, I think they're a great tool to have. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think you're able to use less decoys whenever you use 3D decoys because as the birds fly over the spread, they don't lose 3D decoys. You know, they, they're able to stay locked into them. Whereas 3D decoys, as they transition and swing, they'll go from a flat side to the back, lose it to picking up others again. So humans, if we're circling the spread, the way we're able to perceive depth, we would say, you know, if theory, if we could fly, we would say, okay, those are, you can see clearly those are flat because that's what we're able to do with our eyes. We can judge depth. We can, you know, we can perceive that we see in 2D, but the way our eyes are set, we're able to perceive depth. Birds, they can't do that. If they're sitting out in the middle of a field, they can dang near see 360 degrees. I think it's like 300 20 or 340 you don't see all the way around them but their ability to see depth is not good the way they're that's what that's the way they're made they're prey animals so a lot of people they have this misconception that you know these objects are flat and able to see that it's like no you've got a spread of 2d decoys if you spread those things out and set them out properly those those birds that they'll never know they'll never know what hit them now, if you jumble them all up and face them all, all the same direction, okay, now 
now we are completely defeating the purpose in a 2D decoy because then what happens is they circle the spread. We've got them all on the same way. Now we just lose all of them. And then they come back around and they pick them all up again. Okay, now that's a little bit off. Yeah. You know, some, but, you some know. Hood, so, some so Houdini geese or something. Right. So you're just kind of, you're, you're completely defeating the purpose of a 2D spread if you sit there and you jumble them all up and you put them all facing the same direction, you know. Um but if you get some space in those things, you know, I like to, I like to put take – take two or three big steps in between. Space is going to be your friend because as they come over your spread, they work your spread, they're going to hit so many different angles of those things. Even if the wind's not blowing a lick, their minds are going to tell them that those things are moving when, okay. they're, when they're really not. And, you know, and, and a, lot, a lot of things that people – 2D decoys have such a good – tall profile i mean they they look so realistic they don't get lost in the ground clutter if you're hunting in a you know some burnt barley or some stubble you know rice stubble speckle bellies the way those things sit up and upright you know shells and stuff man they disappear right they just disappear in the ground but those things they sit up and then as the sun comes up you got good sun those things cast you know a very very realistic shadow and that's another reason that i like to put some space in them because you got them all jumbled on top. What happens when the sun comes up? You got a big black blob. Well, you know, you got a little space in those things, and they've all got a nice individual shadow, different pattern, uh, different, sorry, different poses and stuff. I mean, that just, it looks the part. It looks realistic. Um, and that's just all that go into enticing, you know, an educated group of birds to come land in your spread. Because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's not always what looks best to us it's what looks best to these animals that we're hunting from the air i mean that's as simple as that one of the listener questions that we have is uh how small of a, a spread can i get away with they hunt the the east coast and then up near on the like the the front range uh in, in you know colorado where they don't get big groups but uh they use smaller spreads and they want to know you know how, how small of a group can they get away with right um you know, that's that's what I was going to ask you when you said that. I was going to say, well, what are they hunting? Are they hunting big geese or little geese? Or, you know, because our guys that are running our decoys out in out in West Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, they're hunting big, big, big groups of of little geese, lessers that are coming off these these uh, roost in massive numbers, and sometimes they're working groups of you know a couple thousand, even right. more. You know, so to say you could go out there with two dozen. It's just not happening. Now he's over there on the East Coast, and uh, maybe he's hunting some local graders. Uh, maybe you're hunting on a, a river, a sandbar. Um, the best thing that I can say is try to replicate uh, replicate their numbers and what they're doing the best you can with your spread. So if you're going out there and you're scouting and you see that, you know, there's – 15 or 20 out there and they're kind of loosely just hanging out and grazing um there's no reason that you can't go out there with 15 or 20 um the biggest thing about honkers you know if they are hunting smaller groups of honkers or resident geese or whatever it may be is very rarely are they going to be you know circling around and trying to trying to pick you out you know it's not like hunting lessers where you know they're they're getting big bunches and they make these big bends you know these these geese that you know he's probably talking about hunting they're either coming there or they're not you know what i'm saying like if you get right. there and you get set up and, and you get hit they're not gonna it's not gonna be a lot of gimmicks either they're coming or they're not you know we have tons of guys that are hunting 
um, small populations of geese that have a ton of success with with two dozen, three dozen decoys um, problem. But it's all relative to the the numbers of geese uh, that you're hunting, what time of year it is. And the biggest thing is once you get everything set up and you can replicate what they were doing when you're scouting, just making make sure you're hidden. You know, make sure you're hidden, and um, you, you'll be fine. You can, you'll absolutely can kill them over a bread. But now, if we go out and you're talking about if he's out on the front range and he's working big big bunches, well, two dozen, one dozen, that's not going to replicate what's been using in there. If that is the case, if if they are hunting big groups, so uh, I think you've just got to be relative to to your area and what you're hunting. And no reason, no reason on the East Coast or some of these people, some of the early hunting, some of these locals, uh, small spreads get covered up, uh, be where they want to be you'll have no problem. So I was going to ask you, so when you're when you're hunting these things and you're setting them up, I, I assume you're mostly just using kind of a dump spread technique where set out, you know, one here, and then you said you take two or three big steps, set out another one at kind of just a, a slightly different angle. What's your method um, for when you're deploying these things? And then maybe could you give us some sort of, I know it's very relative um, to a person's ability or, or athleticism, how many they can put out, but what's a realistic expectation for you know, how long it takes to set out a dozen or, or, or 10 dozen, you know? So our, our bags, our silhouette bags, they're made to hold five dozen. A lot of, a lot of us, we don't have the luxury of some of the guys that are hunting um, in these drier climates where they can just drive out into a field all the time. You know, sometimes we've got we've to deal with them. I mean, especially like in Arkansas, you know, if we're going to hunt speckle bellies, the, the, the buckshot mud that we've got, you, you're not driving a, a trailer or anything like that. The ability to... Um, hunt with you know that, that's that's the biggest thing with silhouettes anyway is is uh, you know their user friendliness because of you know less storage and they're easy to you know put out and pick up but uh i mean shoot our bags hold through no light um if you're even decently in shape or athletic uh there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to throw you know four of our bags over your shoulder and, and, and haul 20. I mean, you know, somebody, you know, you got your blind bag, your guns, easily three guys, you should be able to, you know, should be able to hunt 50 dozen. No problem. If that's what you need to do. Um, if you're hunting a smaller spread, 10 dozen, I mean, that's just a, a work. I mean, you could set out, shoot, you could set out 10 dozen of those things and I mean, no time. I mean, I, I could set out probably a dozen in a minute. I mean, a minute oh, and a half and just grabbing them, putting them down, take a couple steps. I mean, they just, they're nothing to set out, man. They're, uh, setting out and picking up is the greatest, the greatest thing about those decoys. It, it, it just requires a truck bed. You know, you don't have to have a big, big full blown rig, enclosed trailer. That, that's, it's just, they're very, very convenient, very easy to use. But man, if you got, if you're hunting, even if you're hunting a big spread, you know, you're hunting 50, 60 dozen. If you have five, six, seven guys, Oh, man, you could be set, have your blinds ready to go, and, uh, you know, I don't see why it would take any more than 30 minutes. Oh, man. Um, no, too, I think you would said something about the shape or something. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, some people get into, you know, setting up pockets that, and things like that. And, right. And J-hooks. I, I didn't really touch on that very much. Yeah, I mean, I try to – I just tr- don't try to overcomplicate it, you know, like – See what they're do, doing when you're scouting, but like I said, don't don't face them all into the wind. Use them um, 
let them do what they do best and you just put them out and let them work because very very rarely the geese are all feeding into the wind unless it's a very very strong wind as in like 30 miles an hour plus then you'll see heads down and usually they're kind of going against that wind you'll see videos all over the place when the wind gets very 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 high but other than that when geese are just loafing around and they're feeding I mean, you go look at any feed field man they're they're just they'll usually be oriented like feeding a certain direction but as far as the birds all being that same direction no not a chance i mean you go out there set your decoys don't don't it's not rocket science like don't make it more difficult than it has to be set a decoy take a couple steps set another decoy and they're going to work for you that's what they're made to do we made them poses uh, we, we make quartering away, feeder upright. We, we made them with different poses for that very reason. So takes the math out of it. Put them in the ground. You know, get on the X, put them on the ground, get get your butt hidden, and uh, don't make it too complicated. Leave them a place to land. If you want to set a U, set a U. If you want to set an X, I like a Nike check. Um, that, I mean, it's it works. It's just, you know, if you want to, you know, have them a little bit more bunched up, if, if you like that, put, do a teardrop, you know. But, um you know, and, and maybe you can concentrate them a little tighter around your blinds, but um, leave them leave them some space. You know, for the most part, birds, you know, they typically don't like to, you know, fly over like getting to where they're going. I mean, they will, but if if you can leave them if, leave them a lane, you know, it get, just makes them a little bit more comfortable. They can kind of ease their way down and you know come all the way into you. Like leave them some space. You know, give them a lane. Don't cut them off. Close them off. And, um, don't, you know, don't make it more difficult than it has to be. What about when we're hunting, um, like riverbanks, you know, narrow strips of like sandbars and things of that nature? Did, you know, is there any, is there any particular instance where you do, you set them all kind of lined up in the, in the, in the same direction or not? No, I wouldn't. Um, I sure wouldn't. I would, I would just stagger them. I, I guarantee if you go out to a sandbar and you find a group of geese, and they're just kind of out. I mean, I was I was just up at the park a minute ago, and there was, I don't know, probably 50 or so. And, you know, they're just kind of just hanging out, doing what they do. You know, there's a couple scoping the scene, a couple just kind of chilling. Other ones are eating the grass, you know. But it's um, – they're, they're not all just, like, oriented, like, locked in on the same direction. It just doesn't look realistic. Um, so, no, I mean, I would say get out there, you know, if you're – when you're doing your scouting sandbar or a, a bank and you've seen birds using there, you know, pattern them, see when they're coming there, put your binoculars up. What do they, what do they look like when they're there? And you'll see that they're, they're not all doing the same thing. They're not all, they're not all lined up like a, like an army, um, getting ready to march, you know, march up the sandbar, you know, so just set them up relative to your, your situation, the numbers that you're targeting. I mean, it's, as long as you're where the where the birds want to be, and uh, you you can get hidden, uh, a little calling, you know, or if you're hunting less, there's a lot of calling, good calling, <laughs> right? But, uh, um, yeah, I mean it's it's all where you're at and, and time of year, weather, wind, uh, all those are factors. But just speaking for the basic scenario and situation, um, no, I wouldn't would never face them all all the same way because then you're just completely yeah. defeating the purpose another user question that we have here is this he wants to know if he can still hide in his decoys and uh maybe if you've ever done this what's the best method um for hiding within your decoys especially two-dimensional ones um well you know we i have a lot of times i do hunt over all 2d decoys but we make you know we make a as well that are 
extremely effective and i like to run them i mean i like running them both together a lot um so those socks you know i really like to pack those around if i'm if i'm hunting dirt field or you know whatever a dark field i mean you can lay out if you got enough decoys you can lay out in those similar to how you lay out in snow goose spreads you know we get those um or even if you're just hunting in layout blinds you know i like to you know i think silhouettes they uh they, they're really good for hiding around the blind I, I like the socks to kind of pack around the blinds and it kind of as they do come in for that final approach and that last landing if you got a little wind you know those socks are kind of moving around because if those birds are you know if they're key spot and they're coming down your lane and they're not circling okay now the silhouettes are you know they're they're more like directly on with them so that's a situation where i think having having those socks and then a little movement to just kind of convince them to just finish up just right right in your face but like i said you know i've hunted i've hunted all 2d decoys a lot and you can you can put those around you and you can lay in the spread if you're um you know in a, in a dark field and you can pack those around you but uh i like to in those situations when i'm laying in the spread like that i like to uh I like to putting the socks around us and uh, around the hunters and kind of in that kill hole. If they get a little bounce to them, it just kind of gives them that last little, all right, you know, this, we're going to do it here now. That's what I like to do. Okay, now, you know, another listener says, well, I've already got several dozen, you know, full bodies. How do I go about seeing and matching my my 2Ds and my 3Ds, or does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, the thing about the full bodies and like i said before i think full bodies are a great tool great full body manufacturers out there there's a lot of good decoys that a lot of birds are getting killed over. i think i think full bodies are great they're very expensive but i think they're an awesome tool i think that they allow you to get away with fewer decoys like i said before um i think mixing and matching them is not a problem i think that because it is 3d and the birds don't lose them on different angles as they work your spread i think that's one uh advantage is i think if i think if you uh if your budget's a little tighter and you already have some 3d decoys i think it allows you to hunt fewer decoys um but as far as mixing and matching them in the spread there's no they're still going to be very effective whether they're standalone or you're mixing them with you know full bodies and shells uh there's no that i wouldn't have any any hold up or hesitation about mixing them with full bodies i would wouldn't think twice about it. What, in your your opinion, is maybe the biggest drawback to using all two D spread, or uh, you know, what are some of the things that we we're still going to be fighting? Yeah, I think that the thing about two D decoys, I think, whereas you know, maybe full bodies, you know, you can get away with fewer decoys. I think, um, I think that two D going big every time man people can say oh it's late season you know they're they're breaking up and that's fine if that works for you that's great um but i'm going big with with um the spreads and i think that that might be a drawback because some people um you know might not have the um you know the ability to buy 30 or 40 or 50 dozen but i I think i think there's there's just not a lot of disadvantages to them i mean I, i could I can sit here and and tell you all the reasons why they you know why they work and why they're good. It's hard to. It's just like with a full body, you know. There's not a lot of disadvantages to a full body except the fact that they're really expensive. They take up a lot of space and they're you know they take a while to set out, you know. But as far as like disadvantages, I, I just think that you need bigger spreads, so it may cost a little bit. But as far as like 
ease of use and user friendly, I mean, it don't get any easier. Um, it really doesn't. Right. So it's kind of hard to, you know, I just think, you know, like these, some of these guys hunting lessers, like I think, you know, full bodies, like I said, you could probably, probably get away with less. Whereas me personally, I, I think you go big, you know, even if I'm up in like Saskatchewan, like, man, I'm, even if I'm just hunting like ducks, people's like, ah, you know, you can just set out two dozen and a couple spinners. And like, yeah, that's cool, but uh, I think I'm going to go out with 10 dozen and two spinners, you know? Like, <laughs> right, just, right. I like that, man. I just, um, even if the feed's not even, maybe, you know, if you're hunting a smaller feed, people's like, oh, well, that's not realistic. There's too many there. It's like, man, if, if they get to the point where they're like, oh, man, there's more there than that's been there last week man if they get to the point where they're able to cognitively rationalize that we've got some big problems um <laughs> <laughs> like we've got we, much bigger problems than uh <laughs> yeah than what we think we've got if they're like oh man you know we shouldn't be maxed out already man i don't think we should go in there i'm pretty sure that uh that they're you know this is all we had yesterday yeah at that point at that point they're like staging a, like counterattacks and stuff um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in trouble. We're in big, big trouble. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, I think uh, I, I think more is better. I do. I like to go big. I mean, even ducks in the timber at home, people's like, oh, you can just go out there with a jerk string and a call or no, you know, no decoys and just call. And that's great, man. I know people do it. And they do it with a lot of success. But I'll go out there in January in a timber hole with, I don't care. I'll hunt eight or ten dozen. <laughs> you know it works we kill them over them and i know there's same you know there's dudes down the way that are hunting you know a dozen and they've got them really spaced out and it's late season and they're like ah oh, you know they're decoy shy and well i don't know i've I, I can't argue with you know what i felt like feel like works and i think going bigger works so um i'm always gonna go big i mean there's there might be a few situations few and far between that it's like ah maybe we'll try to just mimic this to a t if it's a small little something but man most of the time i'm putting as many out as i can as many as i've got time for i mean look at andy's odd services man they ain't going out there running two or three dozen man they're, they're running 50 60 seven a hundred dozen you know three yeah. groups hundred dozen decoys you know some of these guys chasing these lessers and speckle bellies and I mean, the snow geese, we don't even have to get into that on the numbers that, I mean, you, yeah. you could, you could put out decoys all day and still not, you know, so, um, with all that said in a roundabout way, I guess the only drawback that I feel like is that, um, you need more. Um, yeah, I think, I think you need more of them because I, I think, you want all those different angles, you know, for those ducks and those specks. I right. talked about honkers a little bit more. That's a little different. I don't think you, especially local honkers, I don't think you need as many um, because uh, they're, they're, they're coming or they're not, and it's just kind of kind of how they are. But ducks, specks, snows, lessers, shoot, even some of these mega feeds of cranes, um, I think I think – more is better. I think more is more in time. Yeah. And uh, there's more visibility. Um, yeah. And, and then the other thing too is, is, you know, you talk about like, okay, so I can generally get five dozen um, of yours for pretty much the same price. I can get a dozen of something else. So, and then you talk about the, the mobility and, and just the, how quickly you put them out there, you know? Uh, that that was nuts to me when you told me you you put about a dozen out in a 
How how long do you say it take you to deploy a dozen of them? Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh gosh. I mean, if if I've already got in my mind like a plan on how I want to do this, and I'm not standing there thinking about it, which typically I'm kind of OCD. I like to yeah. I like to plan ahead and know what I'm doing. So if I've already if I already know, you know, we've scouted it, we know going into it how we're gonna approach this thing. And I know whenever I grab that bag and I start, you know, I grab 12 out of that bag and put them in my hand. Man, I mean, I'm pretty decently, you know, pretty, I myself an athletic dude. Um, I mean, I say at least a minute and a half, maybe, you know, oh, yeah. on, on a dozen. I mean, I can nuts. tell you when we, we set out a pretty big mallard spread last year up in Saskatchewan, there was like five of us. I think we set out like 12 or 14 dozen. And man, it it was like no time, like ten minutes, twelve minutes. I mean, it it didn't take any time. We we got mm. there and we're like, well, now what are we supposed to do with all our time? You know, we got this big old trailer up there, and there's like a third of it's being used. It's just all dive bomb bags, you know. And usually, if, you know, if it's a little muddy boiler in there, I'm like, man, we don't even need this big old trailer. We just need like one of them little band trailer, you know, like one of them little ones that you, see. <laughs> you know, because you just don't need all that space. Um, we're like, man, what are we supposed to do with all our time now? We got here way too early, but, uh, I guess nice. I'd rather be, be there early than late. You sure hate to miss that early shoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey, I appreciate you coming on. And, um, I th- I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this, uh, definitely sways some people to at least start thinking about, uh, maybe switching over to them to the two Ds and the you know the socks and stuff like that because I think especially for our listeners uh, the first time somebody maybe is looking through a, a magazine or something and sees how much a dozen full body goose decoys costs you know that's right. that's not might not be bad the the first or the second time but uh, and then once you get those things in here you don't realize how big they are until your wife is you're know, trying to hide them from your wife. Um, and That's sneak right. Them, <laughs> sneak them downstairs, um, for sure. But I, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, now I'm up here in Kansas, start building, uh, you know, a bigger spread, and um, I, I think this is the way to go because I'm not buying a trailer. Yeah, I tell you what, once you, once you have kids and and uh, a mortgage and stuff like that, uh, it'll start making you want to figure out how you can save a little bit of money. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Well, life comes at us, and uh, all of a sudden, when you start paying your own, and even little things like your cell phone bill, that a lot of kids won't experience until they probably get out of college, you know? Um, yeah. But stuff like that, that 100, 100 bucks or your AT&T or DirecTV, whatever it is, you know, that stuff starts adding up, man. Um, it really does. So uh, we want to try to be there and help. You know, like yeah. I said, we believe in our decoys a lot, and, and the outfitters and God's service, some of the best, they use them too, but we also want to be able to cater to to the little guy too. Um, yeah. and, and, and like one last thing, like I'm, I don't want to say like, Oh, we, you know, we got the only decoys. We got the greatest decoys in the world, man. I've been, I've been hunting a long time and I know that there's a, a lot of really, really, there's some good people in this industry that make some great decoys. But what I will say that separates dive bomb for many of these other companies. Yes, we do make a great decoy, but um, Odie, what he has established with our customer service, the way we, we treat our customers, I would put that up against absolutely anybody in the industry. I don't know anybody that you could call on a personal cell phone on a, on a, you know, a Sunday night at 
10 o'clock if you wanted to to talk about hunting you can do that with us um you you're not going to be ignored whether you email whether you call whether you text i got a direct cell phone 314 33 or sorry 314-322-7486 you ever need to get me on that number um and we very 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 much pride ourselves on our customer service and um because I, it's just frustrating when you try to uh, reach out you can't get an answer people beat around the bush and it's like dude just shoot me straight like give me an answer um you know just you've got a question you know nobody wants to be ignored you know nobody wants to feel like they're not important I don't care if you're ordering a hoodie and a hat or if you're ordering a hundred dozen i'm going to answer your question i'm going to treat you with respect and uh cody's done a great job uh getting that going off the ground from the time he started dive bomb and that's my goal with this company is is to um is to be be the best when it comes to customer service i don't want anybody to have better cuts than we do um and i think at the end of the day that's what makes us different than everybody else yeah i i completely agree just the with the first 10 seconds i i I talked to you you know i was expecting to get a uh you know, press one to blah, blah, blah. You're like, hey, what's up? This is, you know, Asher from Dive Bomb Industries. And I was like, whoa. Right. Okay. Hey, uh, how you doing? Um, looking to get into decoy spread or 2D decoy spread. And next thing I know, you know, we're talking about spreads and talking about lessers in Kansas. And, um, and, and yeah, that's it. It is just, it's real refreshing. And, you know, anytime, you know, we can cut through all the crap and just be real with one another, that's important uh, it's important to highlight, but, uh, I, you, you guys have a great podcast, man. I, uh, I've listened to several of them and I think they're, they're, they're awesome. Not only guys that have been around a while, but guys that are new and educating them and getting them into the sport. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, because a lot of us, we don't, we don't have a, that dad or that grandpa that was a diehard hunter that, that taught us everything we know. I just want to get into it. We heard about it. Um, and, and, you know, the, the people that's been doing it forever, we just expect you to know all this stuff. We think you should just know everything. And that's why I want to be there. If somebody calls and they got questions, like, I understand, like, this is new to a lot of people, man. I don't care if you're 15. Like, it's, you know, we don't, we weren't all just born, like, bred into this, this waterfowl life. You know, a lot of us start later than others. And, and there are a lot of questions and a lot of unknowns. So I think, I think the, the podcast, I think, you know, everything from, from decoy spreads to helping them choose a gun to shot size to decoy spread and placement. I think all of it's great. Um, and I think it's important that we, you know, educate, you know, future hunters just doing things the right way. You know, even if it's talking to them about getting permission on a field, man, you know, take care of the field. Pick your stuff up. Pick up your shell holes. Go tell the farmer thanks. Go go buy him a, you know, a handle of Jack Daniels if you want to or something. Or yeah. go bake him a pie. It doesn't matter. Just just uh, be be grateful for um, the the opportunity that we have to chase waterfowl because we're very lucky, man. And it's it's a great sport, but a lot of people that are against what we do and what we're doing. So you know, we need to be on the same page. We need to be ethical and respectful, and we need to be knowledgeable. I think we need to uh, be able to um, talk to people that are you know, keen on hunting or they want to argue against it. We need to explain who the ones who are actually paying for this habitat and preserving, you know, these animals are, cause it's sure not them that's, you know, barking, um, you know, I'll oh, save the ducks or whatever, but they haven't donated a cent to exactly. anything ever in their life, you know? So I, I think this is great. I think what you guys are doing is, is really good. And, um, and I appreciate you having me on and let me 
talk about dive bombs for a little bit. Yeah, and hey, I, I just wanted to let you have, give you the opportunity to let the listeners know kind of what you texted me beforehand about that uh, the little promo uh, thing, and then let them know where they can head on over and uh, you know find some of your product information and where they can see some of the stuff that you guys are doing. So I, I had spoke with with uh, Ben just before, uh, and I said, hey, you know, listeners, this podcast, if you go to checkout and you enter. The promo code FALFRONT, and it is case-sensitive, all lowercase, F-O-W-L, space, F-R-O-N-T, will take 10% off your entire order. It'll automatically pull it off at checkout. Um, just as a way to say thanks for listening and supporting this podcast and uh, supporting us, and, uh, and it helps you you save a little bit of money. And uh, we've got some we've got some cool products on the website now. We've got some really, really cool stuff in the works um, some stuff come very, very soon. You guys just keep an eye out. We've had us for some duck products and some different stuff for our snow goose line and just some different things that I can't fully talk about yet, but I think you guys are really, really going to love. So, uh, make sure you keep following us, follow us on Instagram, dive bomb industries, Facebook, um, questions, shoot me an email info at dive Give me a call at at that number I spoke to before, I always forget it. Go to the website, save you some money, foul front, all lowercase, uh, take 10% off. All right. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, Asher. Well, hey, I uh, appreciate you coming on to the podcast today and appreciate everything that you guys are doing over there and uh, really excited to get over some of your stuff this fall and uh, look forward to keeping up with uh, you and Dive Bomb Industries awesome. here in the future. All right, man. We appreciate you having us on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great, great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, we also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like. And we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today.